The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And as you can tell from my voice, I'm a little under the weather today. So I will be on today's podcast, but Ron might be doing a little bit more of the talking than me. Yeah, well, sorry to disappoint you. You're here for Kathleen to hear her more than 50%. But, you know, she will still be here. You're going to hear her questions. But, you know, I'm going to do my best to channel Kathleen's voice when she's not speaking. So (laughs) I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And if you're listening to AI Today podcast for the first time, you should know that this is the place to go to hear all the great interviews and thoughts about what is happening with AI Today. And for those of you that follow AI, you know that every day is like a millennium, you know, here in AI, things just change so fast. And we have been in the midst of a lot of series of different AI to, uh, podcast series on talking about different things about AI. Of course, generative AI is like the hot thing of the moment because it's everywhere and in every product. I think it's in a toothbrush I you know have now, generative AI, you can talk to your toothbrush. It's going to be everywhere. It is everywhere. So uh, we have a generative AI series, but we also talk about AI failures. We have an AI failure series. We have a use case series. We have a trustworthy AI series. We talk. We have our glossary series, which actually is now starting to come to an end. I think we've gone through almost all the terms that we can get to. But of course, we also have interviews with thought leaders and especially those who have gone the next level and certified in the CPMAI methodology, which is a best practice for running AI projects. And on that note, we are really excited to have with us today, Dr. Philip Schlenkoff, who is co-founder of the AI Transformation Institute and is CPMAI certified. Welcome, Philip. Thank you so much for joining us on AI Today. Thanks for having me, Ron. Great pleasure and uh, quite an honor for me. We're really excited for today's uh, interview. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role. All right. First of all, uh, sorry for my accent. I'm calling in from uh, Berlin in Germany. And uh, my way, how I found AI is sort of a bit surprising because in the end, I started with business administration, studied that, went into corporate restructuring, went into consulting on that one, and then shifted further into the part of sales uh, and learned that from, from the very beginning. Um, and then after, you know, in a role managing director of a medium-sized company, for which was owned for private equity, after a couple of years, I felt it was time for something new. So then I got to know via a business angel, uh, Hans Utzgereit, who is a professor at the German Research Institute for Artificial Intelligence, DFKY. Um, the name might be familiar because his son actually was co-pub- uh, co-publishing the, the Google paper, Attention is All You Need, uh, Jacob Utzgereit. And I got to know him. And he had um, a spin-off out of the German Research Center for Artificial Intelligence, which was called uh, Giants Technologies, in the field of natural language understanding, uh, relation extraction. And we were doing, at that stage, some kind of uh, corporate intelligence service. So I got to know him. I liked the idea. And so I um, invested into the company, led the company, and we we 
did a lot of things to scale it, you know, having uh, an RT architectural frame, which would actually do the job, uh, setting up a sales team and doing sales and getting the first customers on board. And that went quite well. So we could sell the company after something like more or less uh, uh, of a year to a strategic investor, which was very, uh, very fortunate and very productive. And then I had to stay on board for the post-merger integration for quite a while, another year. And after that was kind of the question, what do we do now? Yeah, what, what's, you know, generative AI? We saw early, we saw from the very beginning in our job to understand information that we could use transformers to, uh, to help uh, to get our precision up and our recall up. So that was actually great. And then, you know, then was the phase, it was after uh, <clears throat> November last year. And then was the question, what do we do? Yeah, do we build a product? And at that stage, our, our problem was that, you know, we couldn't find a lake, a market, which would, which was not too big that the big players would go into that market and uh, crush you. Yeah. Um, and which wouldn't be too small, which could actually sort of, you know, still have where you can have a reasonably scalable business. And in the end, in the application layer, we didn't find the business case who would do the job um, because uh, we thought and we saw that, you know, this application layer was very thin. If, you, if, if it's so easy to set up a product uh, based on API, then the problem is everyone can do it. And then the product actually sort of gets less important than the market access. And then we thought, you know, if the product gets less export and less important than the market access, the market access in the end is the more important thing. And that for that market access, you don't found a startup because market access as a startup is very expensive. So in the end, our analysis led to the fact that in the in the end, generative AI and the boom which comes along it and all the transformation and change will be something for the existing companies who can just incorporate these solutions into their current offering. So having said that, our solution to that was, yeah, well, that will lead to a massive need for re and upskilling in the field of, um, well, actually for all professions, more or less. And that's why we founded the AI Transformation Institute, where we do, you know, partly something like you do at Cognolytica, yeah, training uh, people to under better understand the technology and how to use it. And on the other hand, uh, we do quite a few consulting jobs uh, with customers on sort of helping them in their project um, to challenge them to uh, uh, go into the project uh, management uh, and do eventually even take over some coding parts to help them to actually get the uh, get their product onto the street. Yeah, in, in in the past, I mean that's fantastic. By the way, I and it's hard for us to disagree with any of what you said because you're right. AI is so transformational. Um, I and as you said, AI will be a core part of every product, right? Even things you would never have expected. In the same way that the internet and mobile have been so core transitional that that just selling something general about we will make the internet work we'll make mobile work doesn't do anything for you because it's so core to everything and i i like how you think about market access that's very very interesting uh but like yeah what you were saying about you know uh really trying to implement these uh for particular industries and particular applications i think that's sort of the rub we always are so surprised sometimes when we talk to people in major companies as we spend time in some of our interviews even here folks who are in fortune 1000 some of the biggest companies and you think to yourself they surely must be implementing you know ai at some advanced level i mean these are 
Fortune 1000 companies represent like what percentage of the global economy? Like what, 90? I don't even know what the percentage is. The vast majority of the global economy. So you'd think that they would be well, well, well ahead. And then then you talk to them, you find it's actually the opposite. They're much farther behind uh, in their AI. Uh, they tend, they're not the leaders as much as the fast followers and the ones that can figure out how to apply AI to their problems, those are the ones that get ahead, not just some AI experiment. So I don't want to ramble on and on about that, but it's hard to disagree with uh, everything that you've said at, uh, to that point. And actually really sort of like, you know, my question kind of follows up on that. And that is sort of like the the challenges because people see the promises, they, they get, kind of get wrapped up in the hype. Maybe they even do some small AI projects. A lot of them are proof of concept that don't really find their way to any sort of long-term use. So something kind of gets in the way, right? So what do you see as some of these challenges uh, in making AI projects work? Data, advanced analytics, any of that uh, in that realm? Yeah, thanks for the question, Ron, because, well, thank for what you said earlier, because that's something I've always thought that was only the case in German large corporates. Yeah, Some of them are quite far ahead, but some of them, there's really not happening anything. Yeah? And if you say it's the same in in the US, then I'm a little bit relaxed yeah, from, from the European perspective. Yeah? Um, yeah, but that's what we see in companies quite a lot, Yeah, that actually the sea level is quite because of their age, yeah, they're not that innovative, yeah, they haven't fully understood the impact of the technology. And then sort of they talk to their CTO and their CTs, the CTOs are, you know, maybe not that open towards the technology either. And they say, you have so many projects already in my pipeline. Yeah, I, I cannot prioritize that right now. And then you talk to the legal departments and those guys as well say, well, yeah, but there are a lot of, and you know, in Germany, uh, you, GDPR, you know, data regulation, uh, we sort of very cautious about all of that and then the legal um uh, your legal team tells you well that's kind of you know or everything's quite unsure and you know there's not real legislation you know and then sort of things get postponed um, and there's no active pressure to to change that i'm not talking about all the companies but there are a few which go in that direction and then the problem is sort of the grassroots thing it works against it yeah people use it anyway and then exactly what then is happening exactly what you know legal and the tech department wanted to avoid you know all the private and the customer data uh, flowing into sort of some model by sort of uh, the the open uh, by the free version of the tools yeah and that's kind kind of a challenge yeah so first of all valid point it's a top-down approach yeah there needs to be an AI strategy in the companies. And that needs to be sort of carefully thought through, always depending whether it's the core um, core value creation process where you actually, which is being transformed or whether it's just a support function like sales or marketing, yeah, then you'd rather for, go for a tool option. Um, but if your core value cr creation processes are going to be transformed, you need to think about something between using tools or maybe sort of build your own AI and that needs to be understood and then implemented. And and as you said, you know, it, it cannot be some kind of a, a pilot which never goes into operation because then you don't have a success. And if you don't have a success, you will never really put money on it. Yeah? So it needs to be, and that's something I really love about CPMI, you know, <laughs> think big, start small, iterate often. It's so true in the projects, yeah, that uh, you cannot tell that often enough. Uh, um, and I, I know you guys pronounce it a lot, but it's really true. It cannot be said, you know, enough. Yeah, yeah, I like that you're saying that too. We always say repeat, 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 
right? If they didn't hear it the first time, maybe they'll hear it the 30th. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed, yeah. Well, that's so, that's one, one thing, yeah. The, the other problem challenge we see when we come, come into companies, yeah, it's it's either, either depending on sort of the management view, it's either kind of, you know, it's the black magic box, Aladdin's magic lamp, yeah, it can do whatever you want it to do, yeah. You don't need to put anything inside and, it, you know, the result is just as you like it. That's sort of the one group which sort of is kind of challenging and the other one is kind of it's the um it's uh, a pandora's box yeah you open it it's dangerous don't touch it yeah and that kind of sort of sometimes delays a bit sort of the the importance the whole thing has but sorry kathleen i interrupted you no no that's that's great i i we always love that discussion too you know sometimes uh we say something and it triggers you and we love to hear that and i like to hear how you know, it, this also um, goes really nicely into my next question, because you talk about think big, start small, and iterate often, and we say that a lot. So how else has CPMAI methodology helped you grow key skills for yourself and also provided you with the knowledge and lexicon and credibility that you needed? Well, you know, I started in um, Giant Technologies um, and, you know, we were able to somehow reflect all the process steps of CPMI in in our daily doing without actually knowing it, yeah. Because when I took the course was was after that time, yeah. So that kind of naturally went by, but as well because it was an excellent team. I mean, these were the most talented people ever, the great people from the German Research Institute, and they're uh, well picked by Hans Oskarite. So really a great team. So they they naturally sort of took that into account. So, but later on, sort of having ex this explicit structure helps a lot to understand the different, if you go into a company to understand the different sort of problems, where are they stuck? And the, the thing is sort of, first of all, you know, it's business understanding. You, you have to reach, you have to set yourself a target and you will have to want to reach that target. You you can't just do it for the sake of doing it. That doesn't lead nowhere. Yeah? And then thinking about all the different steps of CPMI really helps you to, to better structure the customer's problem and where he is stuck right now. That's one thing. And on the other hand, it really helps me to see, you know, if you see a new tool coming up and they they explain it, and then you can really say, oh yeah, they, this is sort of, you know, they, they, they touch like evaluation and deployment and model monitoring, it's about that. You can far better relate sort of what is this, what they're talking about, yeah? How do you structure it? So that really became like a, an internal structure of my thinking, yeah? And I, th I think that's that's a good way of thinking. I mean, when we when we sometimes we're called to bring CPMI the methodology into actual practice on behalf of organizations, it's something that that is fairly new for us, mainly because we have been in the position of doing the research, providing the guidance, doing all the stuff, and we have a lot of consulting partners, honestly, that go in and they implement methodologies because they're in there right now with the project. So we're not often called to well, we don't want to you know sidestep any of these. Uh, professional consulting and service and, and vendor firms because they're in there every day with the customer doing whatever the application is. But sometimes we're brought in to align a team or align a group. And and when we do that, I think we have this, this interesting challenge that there is not an alignment on basic uh, concepts. And if you spend too much of your time uh, well, you have this trade-off, right? Everything with AI is always a trade-off. It's this trade-off or that trade-off. Well, this is a different kind of trade-off where if you spend your time trying to educate the customer on fundamental understanding, then you start going 
deeper and deeper and deeper into the woods. And you might start losing them when you're talking about the different kinds of machine learning and you get into all the aspects of model verification and the you know confusion matrices. The next thing you know, their eyes are completely glazed over. But if you go the other way and you just go, well, let's just assume that you really know what all this is all about. And let's just talk about the structure and format. You have these weird issues. You're like, I, you know, my team built 25 algorithms yesterday. I'm like, ho, 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 wait a second. They didn't actually build algorithms. They built models. Do you know what a model is? The model is the output. You take the algorithm, you put the training data. The model is the representation of the knowledge. That's what it is. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, oh, we're going to have to back up here. So getting that getting that balance is tricky because you don't want to be, you know, assuming that they know something that they don't. But at the same time, you don't want to be assuming that they know something uh, or the, other, the opposite. They don't know something when you when they should know something. So this is a real challenge, I think, for all of us who are because AI is still f- fundamentally fairly technical in nature. However, it's accessible to anybody now who can go ahead and build things. And on the other hand, it's also changing so fast, which is which is such a challenge. So so maybe maybe that, what sort of advice, you know, like you, you're kind of in there. You know, you're holding their hands. Kind of, how do you how do you help them uh, achieve their 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 business needs in the context of all this change and the and advice that you might have for how they run their data analytics and lessons learned you might have there? Yeah. Well, stick to a good structure. Yeah, that's the first one because actually, if you go through the single steps, yeah, you know. I- AI Act is a big issue in Europe, the coming or maybe not coming AI Act in Europe is a big issue, but you know, this AI liability is, is, is a legal framework which is coming up in Europe quite fast. Yeah, um, The data protection, you know, Europe, Germany, GDPR, yeah, we really sort of uh, very bothered about that. And um, uh, that really, you know, if you're in the, in the different phases of the project management, you take care of all those aspects and do that well, you automatically are more or less compliant because if you follow those steps you have a good structure to think about all these things yeah so that means follow follow the structure and and as i said before yeah you cannot say it often enough um uh, think big start small iterate often um so yeah i mean that's one part yeah obviously generative ai made the whole thing a bit easier because you know for me the data is still the heart of AI, but if you have a pre-trained model, obviously you need less data to to get where you want to go to. Yeah, um, so then comes the next step, comes sort of kind of the uh, um, the model selection. Yeah, and that's one thing we always usually consult the, the the customers that you know based on your use case, how you want to use it, go with a large model first, yeah, maybe GTP4, or maybe some other big model, yeah, test what you want to have, and then kind of go down the ladder, yeah, because then you actually know what the outcomes should be, and, and then you, you, you understand what you need, and then you can go scale down, yeah, as long as your business needs are fulfilled, then you can go to other uh, free versions, I mean, Falcon 60B with a full commercial license or others, yeah, which maybe do the same job at less cost. Um, that's another advice uh, we, we usually have. Um, and, well, of course, I mean, if you start to play a new game, in this case, OpenAI, yeah, get a get a pro to get you started. Yeah, because if you, we see a lot of departments where we come in and they, they try to play around, which is actually a good approach, yeah, but it will take them very, very long to get to a productive level um, and to achieve the results they could have achieved. Because, you know, all the iterations you have to go when you, um, when you start from scratch, 
um, is kind of good because you learn by doing it, but in the end, it's not as efficient. I mean, you could compare to play, start to play tennis, yeah? If you do that, you know, just playing with a friend who just starts to play as well, you know, at some stage you reach a good level, but, you know, maybe the same level you could have reached with one, you know, taking one hour of a, with a pro uh, who gets you there a lot faster. Uh, that's something else which makes, from our perspective, a lot of sense. Absolutely. Well, a lot of it just saying trust makes sense because we obviously are working together here at your CPMAI certified. So, yeah, I would say learn from the best or learn from the rest, you know, however you want to think of it. Uh, and and I think the, the first thing you mentioned here, uh, and I took a little note here, is that it's iterations, right? The iterations matter. And also the speed of iterations. We we were on a podcast maybe, maybe a little while ago where they told us that their first AI project was a 12 to 18 month runway. And we're like, that's crazy. That's ridiculous because first of all, in 12 to 18 months, the 12 months ago, right? G GPT was basically introduced to the public in its current form. GPT was around for a little bit, but chat GPT came out in November of 2022. Fundamentally changed everything mainly because it just put the power of generative AI into the hands of literally anybody. And, you know, when your mom texts you at like, you know, some time in the night saying she's playing with, have you heard of ChatGPT? You know, as I said, we've crossed the chasm. You know, we've moved from just a small number of innovators and early adopters, you know, trying to figure out the technology. Now we're like, we're we're early majority phase. Now, now everybody is thinking about it. We've, the, the, I think that's the big transition for those people who like Jeffrey Moore and his Crossing the Chasm book you know that usually technologies get stuck because they're 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 too difficult or they're too niche to be adopted by the general public and they kind of get stuck there like a virtual reality is still stuck there and many other technologies autonomous vehicles are there and things like that but ai was there and i think we've actually crossed the chasm so uh you know for for what a lot of what you're saying is interesting one of the things that we do talk about I'd like to get your perspective on this is that Generative AI does shortcut a lot of things, and maybe starting there is a good idea. We try to start like one step earlier where we go into, well, what is the problem you're trying to solve? And we talk about these patterns of AI because a recognition problem is different than, say, a conversational problem is different than a predictive analytics problem, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe, maybe what sort of patterns have you seen? You know, when you're in, in there with the client, what do you see as some of the most common recurring patterns of the kinds of projects that people are implementing, especially the ones that have those short iterations, you know, the ones that have so that faster time to ROI? Yeah. Concerning the patterns is really really challenging and difficult because there's so much change in it and you know you can use solve a lot of patterns with with one technology and um, however what we see at the moment quite a lot is connecting large language models with knowledge um that, with company knowledge yeah? how can they make sort of uh, company knowledge more accessible for their own team or in terms of for example we have some customers in the some publishing houses yeah uh, for special specialty uh, topics yeah and then obviously the way they think about how to get their knowledge across can be helped a lot by this technology so that you don't have to read an article but you know if you go to the databases that you have a fundamental different um a different sort of customer interaction and then obviously you have to uh, get somehow connect a large language model with their knowledge in a good way that's something we see quite frequently uh, right now in our practice yeah okay well that, that's really useful yeah and i think i think this is the area that's changing the most uh, for folks, because the tools that were available, say, a year plus ago, 
uh, might have been more challenging, more restricted. But now you have the large language models that are available. They're they're free in some cases. They're cheap in others. And so the challenges, as you mentioned, uh, bringing your uh, organizational knowledge together so that way you can create something that's not just generic, that's specific for your business case. I think that's uh, really useful. But I'll pass it, a comment, and then I'll pass it to my colleague. So we always like to end our podcast interviews with the same question. And no matter how many times we ask it, we always get such varied responses. And I think that that also has to do with the fact that AI continues to evolve. You know, as Ron mentioned, tools just a year ago were very different. And I think people's understanding continues to evolve um, their use of it. So as a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations and beyond? Yeah, good question. Uh, very good question. Let me think about it. Um, well, I think it's not going to change anything, just like the internet. Huh? Um, if you think about it, the internet, what did the internet change? It made the distribution of knowledge possible at more or less zero cost. And it changed quite a lot over the past 10 years. Um, and what does AI do? Well, we could talk about sort of the definitions, but in the end, it makes the generation of inf information or regeneration, or is it really information? But however, it, can, it makes the generation of information possible at zero cost. Now, if you compare those and what's more important, the distribution or the creation, I go for the creation and I, I, I think it will change our lives much more than the internet has last uh, 10 years ago. And I think we're just on the edge between uh, the internet, you know, 1.0 to 2.0. We're just on the edge to um, AI 2.0, where, you know, we see a lot of more things evolving, a lot of more things coming possible at the moment. What the latest models can do is still compared to three, four months ago is quite incredible. And so that's, I mean, it, it, I think it's going to be massive and it's going to massively change the way we, we work, the way we interact. And um, uh, and therefore, I, I think it's a good change. Yeah, um, Because in the end, AI will not replace you. It's someone using AI. And because in the end, you need always a person between sort of, you know, the, the model's results and the action. Um, and you will, you know, have far easier, far better jobs, which are less repetitive, where you can really focus on the core value creation, the creativity in your job. And that's, I think, going to make the, the world a lot better. In addition to, you know, the demographic change we, we face in all of, you know, in a lot of Western worlds, even in China, yeah, where we won't have the people to perform all these jobs we have right now. So in the end, I think AI will help us a lot. Um, we just have to be a bit careful that there's always a human in the loop and I think then we'll be fine now. Yeah, those are great insights. We always recommend keeping a human in the loop as well. Don't just, you know, we always say it's never a set it and forget it. Don't just put it out there and let it do its thing. You need to have a human in the loop. You need to have human accountability as well. Um, so I, I do love that. You know, we also talk a lot about the idea of augmented intelligence, which is what you said, where it's not going to be replacing the human, but just help the human do their job better, be able to do more than they ever could on their own. I know that a lot of countries, a lot of industries as well, face some of these challenges around, uh, you know, workforce. They have an aging workforce and they don't have uh, enough people coming in to actually fulfill the jobs that they need and the tasks and that they need done. So this has been such an incredible podcast. I'd like to thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Honor for me. Yeah, really cool. 
Yeah. And, and again, I really thank you uh, for, for sharing your insights with our community and being part of our CPMAI community. As mentioned, for those of you that may have heard us talk about CPMAI a few times and not know what we're talking about, we are basically talking about uh, this project approach to running CPMAI, running AI projects with maximal success. And we've been certifying a lot of folks across many, many, many different industries who are either responsible for implementing AI for their own organization or a lot of times for other organizations, either as consultants or contractors or vendors or solution providers, SIs, you pick your name. They're all in there. And, you know, I think that's the biggest challenge is providing, as as uh, Dr. Phillips said, you know, these uh, these layers and and specific approaches in a well-ordered path, a well-ordered structure to make sure that things don't get skipped, that we don't introduce lots of problems, that we can advance our projects much more quickly, as you mentioned, you know, trying to do these iterations more faster. Now we have new technology approaches that can even iterate them even more. So if you're interested in learning more about CPMAI, I really encourage you to check out, we have a free intro course. You can go to aitoday.live slash CPMAI, and you can learn more about what is CPMAI. You can Go att uh, attend the course, learn about our LMS system, which is our self-paced online training system. Take a couple exercises and and be done with that. And then and then if this is part of a community you want to be part of, get that certification and learn that best practice and connect with people like we have here in our podcast. We'd love to have you be part of it. So thank you all so thank you so much for for being here, for being part of it and being part of this conversation. And finally, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, really want you to rate us on iTunes, it's Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're on, on so many different platforms. Uh, we've been going live, as mentioned, for, for years, uh, well over, we're now in like entering the second half of our decade, you know, for uh, uh, CPMEI. So we always love to hear from you. Please reach out to us and you can find out more about what you're hearing here on this podcast in the show notes. Uh, we'll connect with various articles and concepts. So we really want to thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you at our next podcast. Hey, AI Today listeners. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. From books and materials ranging from fundamentals of AI to deep dives on implementing AI projects to AI ethics, tools, software, checklists, and more, our resources page will help you on your AI journey, whether you're just starting out or you're well on your way. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. That's aitoday.live slash L-I-S-T. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at aitoday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.